Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Catalangate. A deep state espionage operation, intelligence agencies secretly hacking the phones of presidents, politicians, activists, lawyers and journalists. It sounds like the premise of a sci-fi thriller, but Catalangate is all too real. On today's podcast, we're going to be explaining what it's all about. We'll be hearing from some of the victims themselves, and we're going to look at the legal implications and political consequences. Joining me today are Christina Tomas-White and Gerard escatch Nice to see you both. Good to see you too. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. First question, an obvious one, what is Catalangate? Well, <laughs> where to begin? Um, Catalangate is the name of a report that was released on April 18th by Citizen Lab. So this is a University of Toronto-based research group. Um, that same day, The New Yorker published an article by Ronan Farrow. Um, and essentially what it was all about is that it looked into the what has been described as the largest forensically documented cluster of phone hackings of, of people on record. So in this case, there are over 60 members of the Catalan pro-independence movement, as well as their close associates. So this is like presidents, activists, well, what, what you were talking about yeah, earlier, yeah. a lot of people. I mean, it's not the first time that something like this has happened uh, to Catalan politicians. If we go back to July 2020, The Guardian, uh, along with El País, uh, revealed that Roger Turin and Ernest Maragall were victims of this Pegasus software. Well, we'll explain what that is briefly. Gerard, yeah. do you tell us what it is? Well, Pegasus is a software that can take remote control of someone's device and can activate the video and photo camera. That's what the cybersecurity expert Bruno Perez Jonca told us. Pegasus also allows to take control of the microphone and all the communications and screenshots of the phone. So obviously you have access to someone's privacy document. Yeah, yeah, it can access the phone's memory. Uh, Location. It can <laughs> even add stuff to the phone Yeah, as exactly. Well. And the important part of Pegasus is that it's a zero-click spyware. That's what, like one of the main things because the user or the victim doesn't need to do anything. They don't even need to click on the spam email that everyone gets. Just or, like, or not necessarily. Sometimes, so sometimes exactly. there are links, sometimes there are So your phone links. could be infected with without you, without you knowing, yeah. you'll get a notification, nothing, because yeah. it, it could happen. Yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was saying back in 2020, we had these kind of first stories emerge, and that prompted Citizen Lab uh, to collaborate with, uh, you know, civil society groups in Catalonia to investigate if there were more people who had phones that had been targeted. The story in The New Yorker, like, it is a huge, substantial piece of investigative journalism from Ronan Farrow. It involves governments from around the world, global tech giants. Uh, but, I mean, from our point of view, it's very interesting uh, that it, he starts the story in Catalonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the article, he's describing uh, Ciutadella, the park in Barcelona where the parliament is located. So, I mean, it's not what it, I read the New Yorker every week and I wasn't <laughs> expecting to, to see my, my neighborhood in one of the main articles. Mentioned. And I suppose it was picked, it's, it's significant because of the apparent scale of this operation. I think, what, 60, 65 at least confirmed people that were targeted. 
And also, I, you know, the other interesting thing that this is happening in a Western democratic state in Spain. Yeah, and in fact, there was a quote at the New Yorker from Christine Flingood when she's a Microsoft executive who has led the company's efforts to fight spyware. She told uh, Ronan Farrow that, and I'm quoting, the big dirty secret is that governments are buying this stuff, not just authoritarian governments, but all types of governments. We're recording this on Thursday morning, the 5th of May, and the big news today was uh, the news that has emerged from, uh, well, what was apparently a secret congressional secret. meeting. Yeah, but which committee isn't that secret. State, state secret committee. Yeah, but um, we've already seen there's been leaks and quite significant, Gerard. Yeah, in fact, the CNI, the head of the CNI, Path Esteban. That's the she, intelligence agency in Spain. Exactly. Um, what people would like assume as like the MI6 for the UK, but not close to, like less known or internationally known. So the... Not as many movies about them, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> James Bond <laughs> is still not Torrente. here. <laughs> so so for the moment, uh, the head of the intelligence agency, Path Esteban, acknowledged that they had the Supreme Court's approval to investigate around 18 people, especially, for example, the close associates of Carles Puigdemont, the former Catalan president currently living in Belgium. And also the CNI investigated or spied on Pedro Aragonés, who is the current president of Catalonia. Okay, I mean, it's, 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 it's obviously two, two of the biggest figures in Catalan politics. And um, what you mentioned, 18 then, that have been confirmed, and this is out of 60 or 65 that, mm-hmm. um, exactly. that the investigation published. And it includes names such as all the presidents from Catalonia since 2010, uh, mm-hmm. 2010, and also, like, leaders from... Yeah, or at least, I mean, yeah. Carlos Puigdemont was a relational target. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there were also, I mean, it wasn't only politicians who were targeted. You know, there were also lawyers and um, activists from civil society organizations such as Omnium or the Catalan National Assembly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, w- it wasn't only politicians and yeah. or people who were or are in office. Yeah, as we're going to hear, we're going to hear from some lawyers and, and other people later. Two weeks after the New Yorker published their story, things changed here, Gerard? Yes, uh, completely, because until that time, we were only speaking about Catalan leaders or Catalan pre-independence figures. But on May 2nd, which is bank holiday for half of Spain, the Spanish government called for an origin meeting, an origin press conference, and they announced that Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez had also been targeted with Pegasus, mm-hmm. as well as Margarita Robles, who is the defense minister. Yeah, I'm sure um, most of our listeners seen that because it was he- headline news. And then today we just found out that another minister was infected. Uh, yeah, today we found out that Fernando Grande Marlaska, the interior minister, had also been targeted. OK, now um, the Catalan pro-independence camp kind of questioned why is this coming out now? There's been investigations going on by, say, for example, uh, Citizen Lab for you know the last few years. And then two weeks after, we find out about the spying on Catalan politicians. Now we have the Spanish government coming out. So it's, the timing has been... Questioned. Questioned. Yeah, but we are also talking about two different time frames because Catalan pre-independence leaders were spied between 2017 and 2020. Even one of them got like information that he was targeted in 2015. But for the Spanish government, we are talking about May, June 2021, so one year ago. Mm-hmm. And that was like in a different political situation. And we know that Spanish intelligence have admitted 
surveillance of uh, these Catalan politicians and not just politicians. But then presumably the Spanish surveillance has come from another country. And yeah, I think um, they said on, on May 2nd that it was an external and illicit force. So it was not within Spain. I mean, I'm speculating a little bit, but maybe the Spanish kind of government has been prompted to go and check their phones because because of this story has broken in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've seen examples of Pegasus and other similar spyware being used around the world. Uh, perhaps the most famous example, Yeah, Gerard. it's one from a Saudi Arabian journalist that he used to work for the Washington Post, Jamal Khashoggi. Everyone like heard about him because... Well, before and after he was murdered in the Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey, his family members or even his phone devices were targeted with Pegasus. Obviously, the NSO group, the owner of Pegasus spyware, uh, denies all allegations. So, yeah, yeah, but also we've seen it being used in, as the New Yorker article reported on a member or like a staff of Downing Street, at 10 Downing Street, the UK prime minister's office. Yeah, and it's also been used against journalists in Mexico or El Salvador. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we'll hear a bit, a bit later on that the, the big tech companies are trying to take legal action against NSO Group, the manufacturers of Pegasus. But first, let's hear from some of the Catalan Gate victims. Over the past few weeks, we've caught up with Alicenda Palosia, the head of the Catalan National Assembly, Merichel Serret, a member of the Catalan Parliament, and two lawyers who represent pro-independence figures, Andreu van den Einde and Gonzalo Boye. And we'll also hear from John Scott Railton at Citizen Lab. Well, living in a country like Spain, uh, you have to assume certain risk. And so I always assume the risk that we were under surveillance. Uh, but to know it exactly and... Gonzalo Boye, a Chilean lawyer, boasts a number of prominent pro-independence figures among his clients, including Carles Puigdemont, the Catalan president at the time of the 2017 referendum deemed illegal by Spain, who now lives in Belgium. His phone, like many of the people he defends, was targeted with government-grade spyware. I'm representing the Catalan leaders in front of the European courts against the Spanish state. So the presumption is that the interest was by uh, certain sectors of the of the Spanish state, I will say deep state or whoever. But we are fighting with them in, in a court of law and we just discovered that they know everything that's in our phones. And nowadays, our phones are our life. Let me be honest with you, I have always been cautious but uh, nowadays, it's quite clear that what I cannot speak in person with a client, I better don't speak. Because it is my duty to grant them their secrecy. Boye is just one of the many lawyers, politicians, activists, and their close associates who are victims of the alleged Catalan gay espionage. Okay, I'm Andreu Banderene. I'm a uh, Barcelona-based criminal lawyer. And I'm, I'm dealing with the cases of uh, Catalan politicians that have been... Uh, spied upon. One of the most shocking news that we had is that we lawyers, meaning that we are technicians, uh, have been spied to. Uh, so of course this is like really shocking news that our privilege uh, with our clients has been compromised. After working as a criminal defense lawyer for 25 years, Bandeninde said it felt strange to be the victim for a change. I could not imagine that they would like really go that far. And as a victim, 
I have to say that I really don't feel good. You know, I'm not feeling well knowing that my whole family has been like tracked and spied on uh, with these technologies. Marichesa Red, an MP in the Catalan Parliament for Esquerra, was also surprised to find out that she'd been targeted. They told me that I, I had been a spy during the period that I was a representative of the Catalan government to the EU in Brussels. I, I was really shocked and surprised because um, maybe it could be possible that I had been a spy, but I also always relied that the fact that I was abroad in Brussels and that my telephone number was Belgian, then I thought that this was like a safe situation for me. But in the sense, I was shocked. Elisenda Paluzie, the head of pro-independence civil society group Catalan National Assembly, on the other hand, told me that she felt vindicated by the Citizen Lab report, as she had known for years that she was being spied on. The thing is that I already knew it because an expert uh, checked my, mobi- mo- my mobile in 2018. Uh, the only thing is that for professional reasons he couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I couldn't go to a court of justice with him because he couldn't become public. So now I'm at happy in the sense that for the first time with this research performed by the Citizen Lab, a prestigious uh, research center specialized in Pegasus and in these cases of espionage, we will be able to take action and to do something about it. The over 60 people cited as targets in the Citizen Lab report are convinced that the Spanish government is behind this, and the University of Toronto-based research group says there's strong circumstantial evidence to suggest it is. John Scott Railton, senior researcher at Citizen Lab. We believe that the case is sufficiently serious that it warrants an official and independent investigation. And there are a number of urgent questions I'd like to leave you with. First, who specifically was the responsible party? How was the hacking authorized? What was the legal framework that governed the hacking? and what judicial oversight applied. But the Spanish government initially denied any involvement. Then, days after the news broke, Spanish Defense Minister Margarita Robles questioned the legitimacy of the New Yorker's reporting and asked what else a state should do when someone declares independence. Many of the victims we spoke with have actively sought to not let this change their lives too much, such as Elisenda Paluzie. I'm not... uh, person that is very paranoid so I try to to live normally I have nothing to fear because I know that everything that I do is uh, is legitimate is legal and is just so I try to live normally with that however lawyer Vandenende warns of a much bigger problem if we maintain this scenario where states are not like accountable for what they do then everyone can be a victim of state espionage. Well, our thanks to everyone who spoke to us. Christine, I thought it was interesting that Mary Chell Serret, the Esquerra MP, she pointed out the fact that she was actually based in Brussels at the time that this happened. Yeah, is... no, and there were a few other targets that weren't in Spain too um, when, when um, their devices were hacked. Um, actually, it's interesting because there's a there was an El País piece that came out uh, shortly after uh, the Catalan Gate 
revelations were made. And um, it explained that Pegasus was useful because they were able to, whoever is behind it, is able to um, enter devices when they're in other countries too, whereas Uh wiretapping would only be able to uh, be carried out within the country that it is authorized. Okay, okay. I mean, what what we know about the legality of weird wiretapping because i mean you you were talking before <laughs> your hair when you were talking to your hairdresser well tell us yeah i know so actually after i went to a press conference at the catalan government headquarters where you know aragonés was um demanding explanations and for people to like be held accountable for this i went to go get my haircut and um you know i was a, a bit late because i was at this press conference and my hairdresser was asking me well you know if these are criminals like is it legal like wh- i mean you yeah know, there's the, a whole their issue point of the, of view was like oh yeah well of course you can hack their phones well, I mean, he, no, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't like in favor of it per se but i guess his question was well you know when and can you do this? Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good question. It one is that a good question. Now bring into the podcast. Um, well, George, you were actually speaking to a lawyer as well to find out about that. Yeah, exactly. I spoke with David Casillas. He's a lawyer for the Catan Bar Association. And he told me that wiretapping is legal in Spain, but only if there is a judicial authorization and there is an investigation on courts and a criminal investigation, in fact. Okay. But obviously we are talking about a different kind of wiretapping here because we are talking about massive Hmm. surveillance. And he said that this is illegal. And if the CNI, the intelligence agency, does it, they need the approval from the Supreme Court. Hmm. And obviously that's a different kind of procedure. Which is now they're they're saying they've come out and said that they did have it. For at least 18 they've said so far. Obviously they need the judicial authorization but we've heard and in the past for example Christina we've seen some judicial authorizations that turn out not to be legal. Yeah I mean one of the most um, well-known cases in Spain I'm sure everyone in Spain knows his name and maybe internationally um, he might you know, ring a bell, Baltasar Garzón. He was a big shot judge in Spain who actually got the Chilean dictator Pinochet arrested in in London years ago. And, and you know, he, he's known for investigating corruption and ETA terrorism cases. And um, he was actually disbarred uh, just over 10 years ago for what was later deemed to be illegal wiretapping in a corruption case. So, you know, sometimes it is legal, sometimes it's not with judicial authorization. And what about the political fallout then, Christina? We're already seeing what's yeah. Um So one of the first things we saw was that the Catalan government said that they were going to freeze their relations with the Spanish government. And this means that the Taula de Dialog, the talks on independence, are officially on hold for now until this is this issue is resolved. Yeah. Um, another thing we've seen is Esquerra vote against the Spanish government's Ukraine bill. So a bill with measures to like alleviate the effects of the war in Ukraine. Mm. It just about passed Congress because obviously the Spanish government is a minority coalition, so it relies on parties like Esquerra. Right, right. And Esquerra actually, you know, is what helped PSOE and Podemos, the socialists and Podemos, um, come into power because they did not vote against them. Mm-hmm. And beyond this politically, we've also seen Esquerra and Junts, the two main pro-independence parties, call for an investigation in Congress into Catalan Gate, which um, is not going to happen no, anytime yeah, soon. So the They're Catalan parliament voted in favor of having a, a, an investigation, uh, right. inquiry, an yeah. inquiry. Yeah. And then on the Spanish Congress, it went through the Congress Bureau, but then once it got there, it was rejected by an overall majority. I mean, the other thing that the, the independence 
uh, parties are asking for, and also Podemos as well, is for someone to take responsibility for this. You know, they're they're going to be demanding sackings or yeah, resignations. Yeah, yeah especially Margarita Robles. A lot of pressure is being put, put on her. On her, the, the defense, the Spanish defense minister. On a European level as well, it's uh, there was a debate on the 4th of May, not about Catalan Gate specifically, but about Pegasus software and other spyware as well. And uh, the European Commission said that it expects national authorities to thoroughly examine any allegations, uh, which could be a little bit awkward in Spain's case if it's been used, you know, kind of internally. And uh, the European Commissioner Johannes Hahn said member states must supervise and control their security services to ensure that they fully respect EU law, including fundamental rights such as the protection of personal data, the safety of journalists and freedom of expression. So I think we're going to see some of the lawyers that we heard of earlier, like Gonzalo Boye, uh, kind of challenging this at a European level, aren't we? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the legal sides. Because yeah, a few days after the article was published on The New Yorker, uh, several Catan independence figures said that they were going to file complaints into European countries' courts and also to the United Nations courts, as well as mm -hmm. here in Spain. There's going to be a lot of legal cases. I mean, we saw Kim Torra, former Catalan president said he was going to sue the Spanish prime minister. Um, and then on a kind of a global level as well, we've got... Uh, yeah, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. WhatsApp denouncing yeah. NSO Group, the yeah. owner of Pegasus. Because yeah. one of the ways for Pegasus to infect the phone was through a WhatsApp what? security breach. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's all we've got time for today. Do check out catalannews.com for the latest on Catalan Gate. All the political, the legal fallouts, uh, all the stories will be on there. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Christina? <laughs> Duna gat per liebre. Duna gat per liebre to give cat for some, some other animal, I'm guessing. Rabbit. Rabbit? A hair. A uh, hair, yeah. okay. To give cat for hair, okay, then explain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's to pretend that something is something that it's not. You know, you're okay. pretending the cat is a hair. Okay, like, are we talking... Like food does come from eating just no. in Everything. general yeah I mean yeah. who eats cats <laughs> exactly but that's what I mean is it like if you think you're going to get hair in your paella and it's a uh, uh, cat yeah maybe may, may. yeah, yeah you it could, could be it if could you go be. to La Ramla to eat paella that's <laughs> do not get per liebre yeah. definitely <laughs> do not get per liebre yeah just to not be honest and that is us for today. Thank you to you both, Christina. You're and welcome. Gerard. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thanks to everyone who spoke to us and thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adios.